This is the 523 Podcast, the diehard Duke basketball fans podcast. Believe it or not, we are one week away from Duke basketball 2020-2021 version. We have, it feels like, waited a lifetime for this. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait. On Friday night, 8 p.m., Duke Blue Planet is going to release their version of Countdown the Movie this year. We yes. are excited for it. And so we wanted to give a little preview of that coming up and kind of talk about the roster from one through five, give our predictions on the season, give our, um, we're going to vouch for each one of these guys. And and AC, really, give us, before we get into to the point guard position, just give us an overall feeling of coming into the year, it's so hard to predict what's going to happen in 2021 just because of, well, that's the world we live in right now. Yep. But if you could tell Duke fans as a whole right now what we could potentially expect, what would it be? Oh, man. God, uh, it's so tough with this team, man. And I think it's the same problem that the voters are having when it comes to where to rank us and where to put our players you know, how to put them on, on preseason teams and everything. Like every, every position almost, there's five guys on Duke that are on some kind of watch list for an end of season award. And yet we're ranked anywhere between nine and 15 at the moment. And it's like, like, seriously, like, what the hell is that? Like, how does that happen? I think it's one of those things. It's like, what do we actually have? And I think that's what we're going to try to do on this podcast tonight. It's figured out. I think, if this team can play to their max potential, I think ceiling is a final four, if not national title. I think most likely scenario is one of the mid rounds of the tournament. And I think worst case scenario is, you know, some key player doesn't pan out or gets hurt or something. And then we end up, you know, in a, in a first round type of exit or first weekend type of exit. So, you know, ho- hopefully we have some good mojo going to Indianapolis because that's where the entire tournament's going to be held. I think that's a, a really good idea based on what's happening in the world. And I, I, I think I like how, how you know, the, the spirit that Duke gets from Indianapolis. Like, it's, it's a good place to play ball. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, no, I, I, I can't imagine that any Duke fan uh, would be against or opposed to the entire tournament being played in Indianapolis. So mm-hmm. that's definitely good. All right, so let's kick things off here. First segment, we're going to talk about the point guard position for Duke in this season. Obviously, you're talking about, you know, Jeremy Roach coming in. We believe he's going to be handed the keys versus a guy that, you know, has markedly improved each and every season that he's been at Duke in Jordan Goldwire. Uh-huh. AC, break this, break this down for us. I want to put you on the spot. Who's starting game one? Are they both starting game one? Uh-huh. And what are your expectations for both of these guys this season? And then I'll counter it, or maybe I'll just support you. I don't know, but I'm going to put you on the hot seat first. That way I can figure out which way I want to go with it. Well, if I'm going to sit on this hot seat, I got to drink this Lagavulin 16, get a little sip. Okay, there we go. But but, um, they're both going to start off the bat to to start the season out. And I have a, a sneaking suspicion that that's how the season will end as well. I think Jordan, Jordan Goldwire, is, he, he is who we know that he is and who we think he is. He's going to be consistent. I think his numbers will go up a little bit in every category in terms of assists, in terms of three-point and field goal percentage, in terms of points per game, just out of necessity because he's going to be on the floor. He's going to play defense well. You know what he does on D. He's, he's an amazing, amazing defender. He's going to give teams fits on that side of the ball, and for that reason alone, you can't take him off the floor. So then you got Jeremy on the other side who, you know, maybe maybe we all jumped the gun a little bit earlier on in, in terms of hearing and saying that he's struggling and he's not he's not getting it. It seems like he's picked it up very well. And I think I think that's indicative. And we even talked about it on here that because of his elite athleticism, because of the way he plays defense and because of the way he thinks the game through, he might have some struggles here and there. He's gonna be inconsistent all season, I have a feeling. But at any moment, he can have a win you a game type of game because of that's who like that's who that kid is. That's exactly who Jeremy is. He's a winner at heart. He knows how to get it done. He is going to struggle because it's his first year in college. That's kind of what the expectation is. And so we can't – the point guard position is not where we can lay our hopes and dreams. 
And I know we always try to do that in the past because of the past 30 years, Duke has had a point guard that leads them to a national championship. That's not the type of team we have this year, and that's not the makeup of the team that we have this year, and that's not the direction that basketball's headed anymore either. So I think I think we have a two-headed monster at point guard, and and I, I feel okay with that. Yeah, I, I think that for me, uh, I'm definitely with you on that both of them are going to start together to open the season. As far as them ending the season together, I just see a scenario where Roach continues to get better and he is the the you know point guard starter. We're gonna have a more traditional lineup, so to speak. Um or I can see a scenario where, like you said, they do have he does have so much, you know, turbulence during his season, uh, as most freshmen do, as most freshmen tend to do, uh, especially when you're in the you know point guard role for Duke, where, you know, maybe Pace says, hey, look, best chance for us to win this year is to have uh, Jordan Goldwire, you know, start at the end of the year. And that that might mean that uh, Jeremy Roach is coming off the bench. I could absolutely see that happening. Is that um, worst-case scenario? So, you know, here's my thing is because it's a crazy year, um, I don't think it's worst-case scenario. Um, the NCAA has already said that every, anybody playing this year can come back mm-hmm. and, you know, get another year. Unless mm-hmm. I miswrite that right nope yep um so it, it doesn't it doesn't matter if you know roach uh gets more minutes now because uh Boulevard is not going to be there next year to be able to help him. he will be there next year mm-hmm. more, more more likely than not because more he's not likely, going yeah. you know what i mean so you know it it, it duke to have both of these guys playing decent amount of minutes and a decent amount of minutes together so right so that has changed my thinking after the NCAA said that. Um, we no longer have to. We no longer have to worry about. Okay, look, we have to get Jeremy Roach ready for next year mm-hmm. because Goldwire will be there to help him this year and next year, and that's a great thing for Duke. What I so, see, I feel like I for this team in particular, not you know, not worry about next season. In this team in particular, I actually I feel like I feel like if Jeremy can't. If he not he doesn't even have to supplant Jordan because I really do feel like Jordan's going to be in a starting position the entire season. I think he's going to be one of the team captains. I think he's going to be consistent enough to hold down a starting spot. I just don't know that what Jordan does and what he gives us is enough to like to be a you know winning bat like to win the game. Like yeah, the things well, Jeremy can do will win you a game. Like his speed, his athleticism, and if he's knocking shots down, there's nothing you can do with this kid. Like at that point, you just can't guard him. And, there but there's are, nothing Jordan doesn't have that. And if he's if if Jeremy can't at least get in the lineup with him, like he has to sit because of things that are going on. I I think that's I feel like that's worst case scenario, and I feel like that's one of those recipe for disaster type of situations. Kind of like we saw when Quinn was a freshman and sophomore, and we were really really hoping he was going to be that type of player who could just kind of help take over. And, and you know, it turned out to not be that for him until he was a senior. Yeah, it, I, I kind of like that comparison, especially because, you know, you, you kind of see the similarities between um, Tyler Thornton and uh, Jordan Goldwire, where, mm-hmm. you know, they, they both continue to get better, but it, the ceiling is so low that yeah. it's it's kind of like, you know, you can't really get ultimately to the final four with one of those guys <laughs> leading your team at the point by position. <laughs> Is it possible um, to build a house where the ceiling and the floor are on top of each other? Right. It's you know that's <laughs> the reality of the situation. You, you, right. They, they maximize uh, the guy given abilities uh, that they have, and mm. you're right about Jeremy Roach. But the, here's the thing: is that um, this season is unlike any other, where yeah. you you might get 27 games and maybe mm-hmm. like you have to expect that they're, they're going to have some games that are postponed and ultimately canceled. So you're looking at a scenario where you can't fool around too much um, and and come in at, you know, 18 and 9 or whatever, because that, that right. doesn't guarantee you whatever. So my thinking here in this odd season is that K always plays to win, mm-hmm. but this year more than anything, he, he really does have to win. And mm-hmm. we can't afford to have any games that we're supposed to lose. And that's why I think um, we have enough talent around the point guard position where he'll let Jeremy, you know, have his growing pains. 
Jeremy, you're absolutely right, though. Jeremy will probably win us a couple games this year just based on how good he is. But he's going to have those growing pains. And that's why I'm saying that I think you're going to see a lot more old wire in the starting lineup by himself uh, toward the end of the year if, if, keyword if here, yep. Jeremy doesn't show the consistency. So, okay. you know, that's where, that's where I'm going with it. All right, so let's switch. Black. To the shooting guard position, you know, neither one of us. <laughs> the are, deep shooting guard us, position. <laughs> no, deep shooting guard position. Neither one of us are uh, a huge fan of, you know, labeling, you know, one mm-hmm. through five and that kind of stuff. We've talked about that positionless basketball, but really, the only shooting guard on this team uh, that we both consider, yeah, this is, you know, the only shooting guard is DJ Stewart. So, so AC, what do you see from him coming in? Yeah, like luckily for him, he doesn't have to. He won't have to carry the load as like a combo guard that facilitates the offense or anything. Like DJ will be able to focus solely on on scoring. And like I, I compare him favorably, like in terms of you know past Duke players or whatever. I like to compare him to Nolan Smith a little bit. And one interesting thing Nolan brought up on Andre Dawkins' podcast is, you know, when you're when you're a guard that young and you're trying to find yourself. A lot of times, like when you're asked to do something different, it's it's really a struggle. And that's one of the reasons Nolan struggled so much early on, because he was being asked to be a point guard. And that's not him. And he didn't even said that. He's like, that's not me. I'm not a point guard. I score. Yeah. And by the time he said, by the time I came around to my junior year, I was able to take on that role. And I finally was just like, I'm a scorer. And that's who I am. And then that's when you saw Nolan take off. And I think I think DJ has the luxury of having Nolan there with that experience. And I think he has the luxury of having the team make up to be able to do that. Nolan didn't have that. Nolan had to be a de facto point guard. So DJ doesn't have to do that with this squad. Like you got Jalen Johnson ahead of him. You got Wendell Moore who can do it. You got Goldwire and you have Jeremy Roach. All four of those guys can handle that facilitation way before DJ would even have to think about it. So he's going to be a scorer. He's going to be able to shoot off the bounce. That's his game. The one area he has to improve and have to has to show improvement is being able to shoot off the catch. It's something he didn't have to do in high school. It's something that a lot of people have to do in high school. So you'll you'll see that as probably the beginning of the season. Even it's going to be one of his bugaboos. I think, man. I think we're going to see in the the opening of the season. I think we're going to see him struggle with that type of offense because that's the offense we're going to be getting for a lot of our wing guys is catch and shoot. So can he can, can he knock down that step into three? Right now, I don't know because that that's not a part of his game. So we'll see how that how that ends up evolving. But I think that that is something he'll be able to do. So I think DJ will have a fine season. I don't I don't think he'll play his way into one and done status. And I don't think that I don't think it'll be one of those situations where like Duke fans are just pissed off at this kid. I hope not. Anyway, I, I would hope that our fans wouldn't do that. But we've done it in the past. So we did it with RJ Barrett, who was the first team All American. Yeah. So, yeah I mean. Don't get me started. But um, but yeah, so I, I, I think he'll have a fine season if we keep our expectations tempered. I think we'll be really happy with what he gives us. Yeah, I think that if you're looking at something like an 11 points a game type of season from him, you're going to be extremely happy with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think that was a great point that you made about catch and shoot. Um, that is such a learned skill and it's not easy, yeah. uh, especially when you know, you're used to taking all the shots in high school, playing with the ball, doing whatever you want. I think that was one of the things that, you know, quite frankly, hurt Pam as well. Yep. Um, you know, he was the de facto point guard in, in high school, and mm-hmm. he could do whatever he wanted out there. And here, you know, we're asking him to, you know, be a spot-up shooter. Right. Um, you know, and, and so for DJ, you know, DJ is known coming in as a great shooter, uh, but he's he's an underrated athlete. I mean, we just mm-hmm. watched uh, Duke Blue Planet just put out a post to him just absolutely throwing it down. I didn't know he had those kind of hops. Yeah. Um, so, you know, while I expect him to be primarily outside the wing as a shooter, we do know that Kay, especially last year, uh, last two years, really, is like, hey, look, any of you guys got the ball, you can push it down the floor. And we mm-hmm. know that he has that ability as well and has the athleticism. So we'll see if you can be able to finish through the rim. Look, the reality is, is he'll be on the court as much as his shooting allows him to be. I think that that's, that's really yeah. it. Uh, I think so too. I think that's it. I think that's as far as it goes. I think if he's if he's able to handle that role, I think you're right. I think he's on the floor. If he's not able to handle that role, what else does he give us? Honestly, what else does he give us? He he gives us defense, I think, because he does have a good wingspan and, and he has a nose for it. 
a little bit, but I mean, he. But, but, I, but he's going to be yeah. he's going to be hurt. Though. He's going to be hurt though by having, you know, what we both expect Jordan and and Roach to start the season. There's mm-hmm. no way that you're going to roll out DJ in there as well. So he's right. going to be you know he's going to be competing a little bit more, I think, than than we initially would have thought. You know, minutes in the backcourt just because you know he's going to want Bolvar on the point a lot, and that's going to chew into his minutes. I know. I totally, I totally agree, and. Like I said, like let's let's temper our expectations. If if there's two kids on this team that I've kind of you know preseason looked at as if they're not producing the way we want them to produce, Duke fans are going to turn on them, and that's that's DJ and it's Jamin. Those are the two people I think that we'll see people turn on really quickly if if they don't produce what we expect them to produce as. And I think we need to lower those those expectations a bit. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Um... You know, because I, I, I kind of look at DJ as that Luke Kennard freshman season with mm-hmm. not as many with, with not as many opportunities. Because I think I that's think a perfect comparison. He's going to have games where he's going to go out there and, you know, drop 25, and then he's going to have games where he goes out there and doesn't score. Total goose egg, yeah, exactly. No, I think you're exactly right. So, but yeah, it's going to be interesting, but hopefully, you know, again, this is a complete learning curve for him um, in that catch-and-shoot role. But now we're going to move to, to you know, quote-unquote, the three. Now, we know for a fact that Wendell will be starting. He probably mm-hmm. be, will be a captain. I don't know how we don't know who the captains are yet. Um, <laughs> unless, we, unless we just missed it. Um, with, right, all right. The, uh, with all the other things going on in the world, we could have just missed it. Um, <laughs> just split it expect, in there, yeah. Yeah, just shoehorn that in there. But I, I, I definitely uh, can see, obviously, Jordan and Wendell being the captains of this team. I think he's a permanent in starter. And then the, the guy that we expect to be coming in, not necessarily for Wendell, but coming off the bench and adding a scoring punch is Joey Baker. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about Wendell for a lot. Uh, kind of both agree that this is a big jump year for him. He plays with a hell of a lot of confidence. His body looks amazing. Because, um, <laughs> everything is... Uh, lining up for him to have a great season. He was named second team all ACC preseason. So expectations are high for, for Wendell. He was on one of the watch lists that you that you mentioned. Yep. So, you know, AC, I expect him to play 30 minutes a game. Uh, can I say can I say those expectations are too high? <laughs> sure, maybe. Maybe. Uh, I really like you, you have to I really him. wanted him to sneak in under the radar, honestly. Like because I think I think he's still gonna have some of the same issues with kind of forcing things too much and maybe he can get it together. I love Wendell Moore, by the way. Like let's not let's not get that twisted. Like I've been a big, you know, a big proponent for Wendell since last season, even before he came in. He was kind of, you know, one of those guys on in his in his own recruiting class that was like kind of forgotten about a little bit. Cause that's just him. Like he's not there's nothing spectacular about his game. He just does it all. So and that the that's my trouble with that. Like that's my worry with that a little bit is those guys that kind of do it all don't tend to get it all together until they're like juniors or seniors. And that's kind of my worry with Wendell. I think there's a lot put on his plate this season. And I don't know. I don't know. I hope I want him to live up to it. I really do. I really, really, really want Wendell to live up to that. Cause I, I, again, I love that kid and I love his game and it's going to be good for Duke if he does. It's just, I just don't want, I, I, cause I don't know what to expect out of him. Cause again, his game is just so, it's so all over the place. Like he can take the ball in transition. He can, can he take it off the bounce this season and the half court setting? That's going to be really important because right now it doesn't look like we have a lot of guys that can do that. And that's, that's troublesome because you need two or three guys on the floor in crunch time who can get the ball to the rack and get to the free throw line or get a good, get a good layup in or something. You know what I mean? Like you need three, two or three of those guys that don't need the offense set up for them because the defense is going to key on you. So like Matt Hurt, like the offense is going to key on him or the defense is going to key on him in crunch time. It's going to be tough to get him the ball in, in crunch time situations. Whereas like Jalen and hopefully Wendell can get their own shot. And maybe Jeremy's in that conversation as well, but I don't see many other guys on this roster who can do that without somebody facilitating for him. And I think that's a problem. Yeah. I mean, well, you come to Duke, you're a highly rated prospect. Um, you have, Visions of leaving school in you know one or two years uh, to go pro. Hey, look, this is why you come to a school like Duke. This is yep. why you want the spotlight. You can't shy away from it. You can't come in here under the radar 
well, you, you have high expectations, and I do. I, I think he has to cut down the turnovers. Um, you know, there's been rumors of him, you know, obviously really working on his shot, and uh, mm-hmm. we're going to see some improvement there. But the question is how much. Right. Um, but if you can limit the turnovers, he was a great free throw shooter um, last year. I think that, you know, he's a, he's a phenomenal defender. Uh-huh. He uh, is going to get in the lanes, get steals, grab a bunch of boards. He's going to be that Chris Carrawell you know, type of player where he does a little bit of everything. And that's who we need him to be. And I, I, I have extremely high expectations for him. I don't, that doesn't, that doesn't mean that I think he's going to be first team all American or first team all ECC necessarily. Okay. But um, it does mean that we, we, this team cannot afford to not have him be really good. Yep. Now you're right about that. and And I think he will be very good. I think he will show consistency. I think he will be strong. He will be a leader. I think there is something to be said for his confidence, um, and you can see it. You can you can watch him um, go around being a vocal leader. Uh, I, I think that that's going to shine through. He's 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 been groomed for this, so I think he'll be fine. Okay, uh, you may, you're making on. me feel better. You're making me feel better. I got you. I got you. Hop on. <laughs> I got you. But I do want to talk about uh, the other. Joey uh-huh. Baker. Uh-huh. Um, I've been very vocal about Joey Baker being a guy that comes off the bench for a scoring punch. He's a guy that, you know, you watch these videos and you watch the highlight packages. Uh, everybody makes them in the highlight packages, but he uh-huh. makes it look effortlessly. Like, effortless. Yeah. Um, his shot looks pure. He expect, uh-huh. he ex- He's another guy with confidence. He expects it to go in every time he puts it up. So what what are your expectations from Joey Baker this year? If and I've I've put this out on Twitter a couple times, and and here it goes on the podcast official. I expect because because of the makeup of the team and because especially because I think some of the other guys there's there's a lot of growing pains coming with these squads. I expect Joey to be the third or fourth highest scoring player on the team this season. I, I think what he offers is just too good. He's too good of a shooter to not be that high. And what is it going to take to have K let him stay on the floor? That's the biggest question. Like last year, he showed us that same pure form, that same confidence. He went from the freshman season where he couldn't even, you know, he couldn't make it over to the scoring table to check in the right way, versus, let alone play on the floor, to last season being a seemingly a productive member on the team and then all of a sudden he's off off the floor again for a while and then he comes back it's like what what does he have to do to stay on the court like this season and if he can find out whatever that is and if he can make that happen then he's the third leading scorer in the squad because of what he offers he's the best shooter on the team he's one of those guys that because of his jump shot I actually think he can get his own offense at times he doesn't need to just stand there and have somebody pass him the ball anymore I think he has that confidence he has the body and he's going to be matched up on some smaller players at times. He's not going to have like the big beefy wing defenders on him this season. So I, I do think that he's going to have some of that freedom to be able to to maneuver and get his own shot at times. And I think he'll be capable of doing that. But again, what what is it going to take for him to stay on the floor? Because I thought he could do that last year, and he even showed us a little bit that he could do that last year. And Kay didn't believe it. So I don't I don't know what I don't know what the mind games are that are going on there with Kay and Joey to get him to that right place, but there's something going on where Kay's trying to get him to that right place. I don't think that there's going to be any short uh, shortage of opportunities for Joey this year. Um, he will be our best shooter. That includes DJ, and that includes Matthew Hurt, um, mm-hmm. includes Jeremy Roach. I, I think that he will be our best shooter consistently the, through, throughout the entire year. I think that he can shoot 41% from, from three easy. Um, he will be more consistent throughout the year. Um, he's a guy that, you know, coming down the street, look, he, this guy was a five-star prospect. People forget uh-huh. that. In two classes. Um, he moved, right. And he, and he, he moved up. Yeah. Um, he burned a red shirt, but he's going to get forgiven. Um, so he's going to be able to play the next year, right? Yep. So, you know, I, I look at it as um, he's going to come in brimming with confidence. I think Kay's going to have confidence in him. He's a junior now. I think he's, you know, here's an unpopular opinion. Um, I think he's a guy that plays with a lot of energy and he feeds off the energy of the mm-hmm. crowd. I think not having the Cameron Crazies there actually 
it's going to be most detrimental to a guy like him. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right, and that's 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 a really important factor is that there aren't there's not a crowd this year, and he unlike the freshmen who aren't used to the Cameron crowd yet, and you know they never got to experience it. Joey's Joey's experienced it, so he knows how to feed off of that that energy. Like you saw it in the Notre Dame game, uh, you saw it, you know earlier early in the season in a couple of the non conference slates, you saw him do it. And yeah, man, that's you know what, what's he gonna do this year without without the crowd? Can he can he create his own energy like we saw right in in the NBA bubble? How those guys had to manufacture their own energy with each other. And is this team gonna be able to do that? I think they're pretty close. It seems like they're pretty close. They're spending all of their time together, basically. So, because they're all, you know, kind of quarantined together for the most part. So, yeah, man, it's, 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 it's going to be interesting. Is he more to you? Is he more like Andre Dawkins or Alex Murphy or Lee Melchioni? Like, where do you put him? Where do you put him in that, in that range of guys or better? You know what I mean? Where, where, where is your stance on him? Well, that's, that is a wide range of players. Uh-huh. Um, I, I think that, so Alex Murphy, we all know. Just didn't pan out. He was the, the practice, the practice superstar. The, the, yep, the the classic Theron headlights when when he got on the court uh, uh-huh. in prime time, but he would he would fill it up in practice. Uh, <laughs> you know, you know, that's tough. I think it has to be Dre of, of that group. It okay. has to be Dre, freshman Dre, or like Dre when he came back. Because Dre, um, God, talk about all over the board for one career. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, you know, I, I kind of like sophomore Dre. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, he when Ky- especially when Kyrie was there, like, yep. you know, Dre was playing ahead of Seth Curry. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Dre had really underrated athleticism, and one knock I always had on him was um, he never used it. Yep. Uh, Joey actually had some sneaky athleticism. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like he's completely transformed his body again this year. You know. Hats off to Coach Will. If I'm talking about all these guys, they're yeah, looking you know, great. Do they? So, do, yeah. do all of them grow beards like when they reach a certain milestone? Is that what happens? Like, is that how they get to grow the beard? <laughs> that, that's it's just like they get the belt. Uh, yeah, you, can yeah. grow, you can grow a beard if you if you you know hit different different uh, <laughs> vertical leaps. You yeah, hit a yeah. different uh, vertical, um, then yeah. But no, I, I think that um, I, yeah, I, I say sophomore Dre is probably okay. where I go with it. Um, but he's gonna have he's gonna have his opportunities, um, mm-hmm. you know, and I hope he's gonna show more consistency than uh, than Dre did. But I think he will. I, I have high expectations for him, mm-hmm. and we'll see we'll see what happens. All right, let's move. Let's move spot. to right. the other the other Wayne spot, and and here is where we have uh, this is probably our most talented group. Easy. Yep. Uh, Jalen Johnson, who's going to be one and done. He's the only surefire one and done that we have on the, on this team. He yep. should be a top 10 pick next year. Jamin Brayfield, and then the biggest question mark coming into the year, the biggest expectations of the year, a guy who was not named uh, preseason first team or second team all ACC, but was labeled one of the top 25 players in the country by CBS. So, Matthew Hurt. I want to start with Matthew Hurt. I want to start with Matthew Hurt. Yeah, I want to start with Matthew Hurt. I know we talked about him in the last podcast, but we have to start and end with Matthew Hurt here. Um, I know that he has been reported that he's got some knee issues going right now, Um, so he did not play in the second scrimmage. Uh, You know, is that going to be a factor all year? You know, it's it's something we got to we got to focus on, but really. Taking that out of it just for for a second, what do we expect from Matthew Hurt? Yeah, I quietly wondered if like that knee stuff was going to sneak up on him because you see it so consistently with guys who are you know thin framed players who throw on a bunch of muscle in, in an off season, not just muscle, a bunch of weight in an off season, and then come right back into a conditioning program that's just constant pounding on your knees and pause and. <laughs> And I, I see that with Matt, and I wonder if that's going to be a bugaboo all season with him. Like, I'm, I'm really worried about that, honestly. Like, because prior to that happening, prior to that news and everything else, I was super, super high on Matt. I was super high on he added that that weight, and it seemed like it was good for him. And he that's going to help him use that excellent footwork he has down low in the paint. It's going to help him be a good, you know, 
that's going to open up his shot because he's an, an exceptional shooter. He's going to be shooting over 38, 39% from three, and it's going to be awesome. But now I'm like, I'm concerned. I'm like, truly, I'm, I'm actually concerned about, you know, his, his knees and his feet. We, we know that. And I'm not, I don't want to put that out into the universe like that, but it's like, that is a legitimate concern with someone who adds that much weight in an off season. Is it going to be good for him? So if, if it does work out for him, if this is just truly just some, some slight knee issues and K even said it, he said that if it was, if it was a, a weekend of games, he'd be playing, but they're just precautionary holding him out. So, so be it. But you know, we hear that rhetoric a lot. So it's, you know, if he stays, if he can stay healthy all season, I think Matt is a first team all ACC type of candidate. I think he he's a he's such a good shooter. He's so good down low. He can even take the ball off the bounce a little bit. And sneakily, one of his good skills is off ball shot blocking. And I think that's going to be really important with this squad. The way he times his defense down low on the help, it's going to be something that's going to help him stay off the stay on the floor and. And, and give us that interior presence on defense that we are definitely going to need with this squad. So yeah, man, I like, I do have, I have high hopes for Matt, but it's all, it all hinges on his health. Yeah, I think that's fair. Look, last, you know, podcast we had, uh, I, I, I flat out came out and said he needs to be our top scorer. If mm-hmm. at work on a second behind Jalen Johnson, and there has to be that 17 points per game number plus. Um, I, 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 I've, my confidence is, is kind of waning a little bit, but, you know, I think that that might be, you know, more so because I just haven't seen many of his highlight packages. I haven't seen much of anything from him other than, uh, you know, the recent reports about, you know, what you just talked about with the knee. So, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, we know what kind of talent he is. We know why he came back. We know what kind of, uh, work he put in during the really long off season is his time. It, 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 can he be that quiet, confident killer um, that, that we need him to be? And, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful, but we'll see. Um, and, and hopefully Kay uh, instills confidence in him um, because he, you know, this is going to be it for him. Like this is it for him this oh, yeah. year. Uh, one way or another, this is it for him. So, Yep. Hopefully, hopefully he he shows out, gets that first round guarantee, and uh, and lives the dream that he that he wanted to last year. Yeah, that's okay. our best case scenario. Best case scenario, Matt, is yeah. that he he that he goes to the NBA as a top lottery pick. That's our best case scenario. Best case, I, I don't think he'll be a lottery pick just because the lack of you know true athleticism. But I do mm-hmm. I do see him being a first round guy in this year's draft. It will mm-hmm. you know it'll have that opportunity for him. Jalen Johnson, uh, is there is there much that we need to talk about him? Um, m- you know more than we already have, and everybody else is like everybody has the highest expectations of Jalen Johnson. He's a first team mm-hmm. preseason All ACC guy. Um, you know he's a top twenty five. You know prospect. We we believe he's going to be a top ten pick. Uh, if you watch some of the highlights, just in the couple scrimmages that they released. Uh, he looks ridiculous. Yeah. His, his hops are ridiculous. Um, he's, he's just a man among boys, man, even in college. Yeah, it, it, it reminds me um, a little bit of Tatum. And when, you know, you're, I think we were both at that countdown where it's just like, okay, this is yeah. different. Right? Yeah. And that was, that was a really good team. I, mean, I know how it ended, but it was a really good team, and Tatum looked different. Oh, yeah, like you know that he's the best player on the court. Like hands down, right. he's the best player on the okay. court okay. for both teams. For both teams, player best player on the court, and we've said that before on the podcast. The the only thing, honestly, in my opinion, that can derail his season is if his teammates can't step up to the plate because Jalen is a facilitator. He he is not like Tatum or some of the other guys we've had in the past that he's going to be that freshman, incredible freshman that comes in and scores twenty points a game. He might he might hit twenty a game if K's like you need to score, but that's not his game. Right. That's not what makes him good. That's not what makes him great because he's not a great shooter. That's not one of the things that he does exceptionally well. And you're going to see teams start to back off of him as the season progresses to make him become a shooter. But the beauty of his game is if they do that, he can still facilitate. So surround Ben Simmons with shooters and you have an NBA championship caliber team, which for some God awful reason, the 76ers haven't done that. 
But, you know, Duke has done that. They surround, they're surrounding him with scorers and shooters all over the place that will help him and help his game and, and really shine a light on what he does. So if, if our guys can step up to the plate and, and do that for him, then he's going to, to lead us to a really great place because we have one of the best players in college. If, if they can't, if they can't step up to the plate and they can't, they have their own demons and they're battling their own things and they can't get their games right on the floor, then what Jalen does isn't going to look as good. And he's going to have trouble with efficiency if that's the case, because that's just, again, that's not his game where he's just going to just take over and just, you know, score all the points for us. It's not, that's not who he is, even though he's probably perfectly capable of doing it. It's just not going to look good. Yeah, I think that's back, right. And I do, I think the one thing that he will have going for him is that he does have a supporting cast that will pick him up. Mm-hmm. You can't have shooters like BJ Baker and Matthew Hurt out there when he's driving and looking to facilitate um, and expect all three of them to fail. I just right. I just can't see that happen. I just can't. And I think Wendell is going to be – worst case scenario. Worst case, I just can't see that happening. Um, and I don't think that's even being a homer. I just – those three are really good shooters. Right, right. Um, and, and there's no way in the world that – uh, if they are, if, if if defenders are locking on to, to those three, then he's going to have open lane after open lane. And the only negative is if he's being too unselfish and can mm-hmm. get on him uh, from the second he sees that, uh, and, and that'll never happen again. So let's um, and let's not get that, it twisted too. This is a really big season for K as well. Like for all those K just rolls the ball out there and lets him play. You know that that type of that type of fuckery that we see in the Duke Nation sometimes. Like, I this is a big season for Kay to to be able to show how well of uh, how well he can manage the squad. And you know, do all these guys do they really truly earn this time on the floor? And speaking of which, okay, Jamin Brayfield, <laughs> I've been I've been re- on record here as saying he could be the just the gem. Mm-hmm. The the guy that nobody expected coming out of the woodwork. He's a phenomenal athlete. We've seen some of the highlights in the in the two scrimmages of him throwing mm-hmm. it down, getting up in people's face. The energy is there. Uh, I told you he's got a chip on his shoulder. He does. I told you in the last podcast. Like who throws Mike Buckmeyer away? Who does right. that? I enjoyed it, uh, and yeah. it wasn't the first time he did that. Like he's done it in a Stewart. Uh, so. You know, I have pretty high expectations in terms of the fact that nobody expects, or not many do things. I don't think they have expect, like, real expectations for this guy, and I think this guy could be legit. I really uh-huh. do. I, I could see him having an impact, um, maybe not, not the numbers, but some sort of impact similar to what Cassius had last year, where, you know, it just sucks, honestly, that he, he doesn't have the fans there. Because one of the things that Cassius did so well is get the the crazies going right. with the, just a thunderous stuff, much like much like Zion did in, in a way. Um, when we needed that energy, he was able to deliver it. I think Jamin could be that guy this year. See, I, I think I'm on the opposite side of the fence of you. I don't, I don't know that he can be that guy this year. The two guys you mentioned, Cassius and Zion, they were able to do that, but also within the framework of the game. Like they're still able to like. They're so exciting to watch because not only do they do do something exciting, but then they also play the rest of the game so, so well. Like, they're just such good players. Sure. Whereas Jamin, I don't know. I don't know, man. Like, that's that's not him. He's not an efficient scorer. He's not a great shooter, but shooting is a thing that he does. He is a good athlete, and he's a better athlete than I thought he was coming in. I know people touted him as a good athlete, but, you know – lateral quickness and some other things that's you know that's also a part of athleticism other than just jumping but he has it seems like he is a better athlete than i i was giving him credit for coming in it's just man he's in a crowded spot he's in a really crowded spot and because he is such an electric player like that because he is such an intense player some of those guys if things aren't going their well their way a lot of times that shuts them down mentally. And I I don't know if that's going to be him this season. And if he's not getting the, the respect he feels he deserves or the type of reception he feels he deserves, is he going to shut down? I don't know. And I'm just like, this is all conjecture. So let's talk about his actual game. I don't know 
I don't know how he fits in with this team yet. Like, because he has Matt Hurt at a spot that he's already going to be at. He has to contend with Mark Williams and Patrick Tape and Henry Coleman at times, possibly. Like, is he going to be able to find the floor? That's a really, really, really big question for me. And is he going to be able to stay on the floor? Because I feel like he's one of those guys that needs to be on the floor for almost 20 minutes for you to actually see what he could actually do. Sort of like Alex O'Connell, not, not the same player, just the more time he sees, the better of a player he is. And I, I feel like that's Jamin. Yeah, well, I appreciate you uh, being honest and throwing the wet blanket all over my enthusiasm. <laughs> uh, but here's the, here, here's the thing. is my, my expectations aren't in points per game. They're not in minutes per game. Mm-hmm. I do think you're right in terms of certainly he's going to have to find – He's going to have to force his, his staff to get him on the court. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I have to see if things go well this year, Roach, Wendell, Jalen Johnson, Matt Hurt, and Brayfield, if he plays to a level uh, that I think his ceiling is extremely high, uh, he could crack that, and that could be yeah. a very athletic, uh, very balanced, strong lineup um, that – it it could be an opportunity for him. Is that our now, best lineup? You think talent wise? I don't. I, well, I, I don't. I don't. I think it might I don't be. Know. It might be. I don't know. I don't know if that is. I, I do think DJ does have a lot of talent. Um, but it's kind of like, can we trust him and Roach in there together? Right. Certainly not at the beginning of the year, but I'm talking at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm willing to run the race here with these guys. It's uh, it's not like I'm expecting this kind of come out when Cash is, you know, at the start of the season in terms of impact or something like that. Yeah. But, you know, Cash has had to work his way there, too. Oh, yeah. So, you know, let's, let's, you know, let's find kid ourselves with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just saying that's my bull prediction. Okay. For I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to ride. Okay, let's get to the guys you just mentioned, though, at the at the center position. That's you, can, you, you don't like the term center position, but the reality is these, have, these three guys have nowhere to play. Yep. But... <laughs> On the post, yep. um, from you know, age before beauty, uh, Patrick Tate, uh, Henry Coleman, and uh, Mark Williams. You know these three guys, completely different, completely different games. <laughs> yeah. um, completely different games, that, all at the same position. Is is it kind of like you know whoever is the hottest at the moment is going to get the get the bulk of the minutes? Well, I I think. I think that's a piece of it. And I think this team in particular, because we do have 11 capable players, just like last season, we had 11 capable players and you saw them on the floor at times, you know, various games and, but not consistently. And I think that's what we see again this year. I I think everybody who's making minute predictions and such, you know, they're trying to make predictions for all 11 of these players getting in the game. And I don't think that's going to happen this season. Like, it's a situational sub type of team. Like when you have a team that has a dude down low, who's just eating and just getting buckets down low, you're going to need Mark Williams. You're going to need Patrick top and you're going to need Henry Coleman. You're going to need those 15 fouls to lean on that guy all game and, and, and really wear somebody like that down. Whereas if we have, if we're playing a small ball team, like a team like, uh, you know, let, let's just pick out like Louisville or, or, or even who else in the ACC do we have this season that's kind of a small ballish type of team? I guess like NC State, those type of squads where they're not going to lean on a post guy, but they're going to run us all over the floor. Those guys can't play, man. And maybe Henry. I think Henry could play out of those three more than, than Mark and Patrick, but it's going to be tough for them to get on the floor because we're going to have to keep up with another squad. Virginia Tech is another one. It's gonna, we're going to have to play smaller. We saw it last year with Tech where Vernon Carey, never really played well against Virginia Tech. And, you know, Wendell is one of the saviors of, of the Tech game in Blacksburg. And so I think we're going to see that again this year where it's a situational sub type of team. Like we had that last year and Kay's kind of in a rhythm of that this year with the same squad. I think we'll be able to kind of play with that a little bit. So I, I don't have giant expectations of any of the three. I don't yep. think that we have to have everybody brings up Mark Williams shot blocking everything. And I think that's a great tool. And if we have it, perfect. If we don't have it, I don't think it breaks this particular team because I think we can make up for it in other areas. But if we have it, fantastic, because I do like Mark Williams. I love Henry Coleman a lot. I think he's going to see the floor, especially if he stays healthy. He has a little ankle tweak right now, but I think he'll be fine going into the season. But 
he's somebody that plays with such energy, such passion, and is so strong. Like he's college body strong that he, I think he finds, I, th- I think he's one of those guys who forces Kay's hand is like, yeah, I got, I got to get this guy on the floor. Patrick Tape, you know, since we've picked him up last season, you know, I haven't been super high on, on Patrick Tape, but he has five fouls and I think he's a capable college player and he, he gives us invaluable experience, especially in practice and on the bench as somebody who can kind of help these other guys along as well, which that's a very important thing to have on a team. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I mean, there's no better compliment that you can give uh, a big man than you are five fouls. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's, that's the most disrespectful thing that you can, you can label a big man is you have you are you are five fouls for us to give at some point. Um, uh, joking aside, though, I, I I agree with your analysis. I, I I'm more encouraged by all the three uh, Henry Coleman. Just based on the early reports, uh, mm-hmm. things that we've heard, um, and quite frankly, the dude looks like Charles Oakley out there. Yeah. Uh, for our younger listeners, look him up. Uh, <laughs> Charles Oakley is an absolute just beast on on the block. Took yep. No ship from anyone, and loved to dish out the pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, this kid is Absolutely. you know, eighteen, nineteen, going on thirty. So, uh, but at the same time, you know, you also have to think about what is best for the other guys. Like, what mm-hmm. is best? What, what best helps Jalen Johnson and Matthew Hurt when they're out there together? Is it a guy like Mark Williams that is, you know, a shot blocker, rim protector, um, so to speak, or is it a guy like Coleman who mm-hmm. can body up, you know, the bigger dudes and, um, you know, can I answer that? Save, save, save them. Yeah, go ahead. It's it's gonna be Henry. The problem yeah, I have with Mark I, I is that Mark has to play from the free throw line down and that clogs the lane and that really, really the spacing on this team is going to be important and that hurts the spacing on this team. So I know everybody out there who's listening and I've seen it in Twitterverse and everything else. And I don't disagree 100%. Like I don't disagree at all with you. Like that saying that his shot blocking is really important and that Mark Williams has to fly on the floor and everything else. But think about him being on the floor on the offensive offensive end He's gonna have. He's gonna take up space in the middle, and you can you can yeah. throw him out on the three point line all you want, but his defender's just gonna sag back. Like there's you know there's no point. So it's that's gonna be that's gonna be troublesome a little bit because you know what do we need more at the time? Do we need his presence in the lane or do we need the space on offense? And I think that's why he is more of a situational sub than an all time all the time type of player. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree, and, and that's why you know the stock. In, in terms of who's going to get the bulk of those minutes, especially early on, to me, uh, is going uh, Henry Coleman's way. So, mm-hmm. if, if, you, if you had, let's finish this one out. If you had to guess a starting lineup um, for, no, let's, let's do two things. What are the starting lineups for Countdown the Movie? Now, granted, okay. they've already played, so, you know, who knows what they ended up doing. Right. Um, and I'm not sure, I'm not even sure how they would do it. Uh, you know, maybe they, they probably, I'm sure they switched off and on and, and stuff like that. Maybe they just pour a bunch of highlights from the couple scrimmages they had and, mm-hmm. and now they're just looking at. But let's, let's hypothetically say two things. One, what's the best, um, most balanced lineups that would be featured against each other, blue and white? And then who's the starting five next Wednesday night? All right. So most, I think... It, for for counting down the movie, I would love to see Jordan versus Jeremy, just because I want to see that match up a little bit, because we know they're going to play together. I want to see BJ versus Joey. I want to see Wendell yep. versus Jalen, and I want to see Jamin versus Matt. And then you fill in Mark Williams, Henry, and Patrick somewhere in between the other two teams, just to fill in those big bodies and have them have them play against each other down low. In terms of we've done starting lineup before and. Uh, I stick with what I've. Yeah, I I stick with what. All right, I want to hear yours too. I want to hear yours. So I'm, I'm gonna give you two things. I'm gonna give you starting lineup, and I'm gonna give you best lineup because you brought up a lineup earlier that I'm really intrigued by, and I think it's best case scenario. So I'm gonna give a starting lineup and best case scenario lineup. So I think the starting lineup is gonna be Jeremy, Jordan, Wendell, Matt, and Jalen. Like I think that's I think that's our starting five to start the season. I think we'll see that iteration most of the season with a couple of guys. Maybe Joey, maybe DJ, 
maybe Mark Williams or Henry, maybe somebody else finds their way into the starting lineup. I think if every all the best case scenarios play out and everybody is all the optimism is 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 warranted and all of our hopes and dreams are, are answered, I think our best, most talented lineup is Jeremy, Wendell, Jalen, Matt, and Jamin. You brought that up before. It's a lineup I never really thought is even possible, but if all things are clicking on all the cylinders, that's our best possible lineup in my opinion. So I, I have my two lineups here. Uh, for lack of better terms, the, the blue team, uh, Jeremy, Joey Baker, Wendell Moore, Jamin, and Henry Coleman. Okay. Um, on the other side, the white team, uh, Jay Gold, DJ Stewart, Jalen Johnson, Matt Hurt, and Mark Williams. White team um, crushes. White team's going to murder. I, 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 <laughs> and, and so I, I knew you would say that because when you <laughs> read it out like that, I think that that's absolutely true. But you find out more of what can you get out of Jeremy Roach. You're not wrong. With him, and, and you know Caleb to do that. Um, I do want to watch what Jalen can do when he's matched up with Wendell because um, Wendell is a fantastic defender. I want to see what Wendell, how he reacts. Um, and then I think, you know, we talked about Brayfield and Matt a lot tonight. I'd love to see them match up and, and put Jamin to the test. Um, and I do think Henry right now um, gets the edge over Mark to balance his on a little bit, um, and he would help the rest of the game. Uh, in terms of starting up on against Garner-Webb, um, I, I agree with you. I do think it's going to be the same lineup you have. Um, because Kane's going to want Jeremy out there regardless, mm-hmm. but he has to have Gold out, uh, Jer, uh, Jordan Goldwire out there with him. Mm-hmm. So I do think that that is, is what's going to happen. It's probably going to happen a decent amount this year. So, you know, again, it's going to be fun to just finally have them back. I have no idea what they're going to do mm-hmm. here with the countdown the movie. Who wins the belt? Uh, Who's going to win the belt? I, th- I feel like we got three contenders. I think it's Henry. I think it's Wendell. And I think it's Jordan. And Wendell won it last year. And I said Jordan would win it last year. Who do you think gets it? Yeah, if, if you would have told me at the beginning of the year, uh, it would have been Wendell. But I'm on the Henry Coleman train right now. So I'm going to okay. go Henry Coleman. I think it's going to be Wendell again. I think we get a repeat winner. Hey, well, there we have it. Um, hey, everybody tune in. I believe it's 8 p.m. on the yep. Blue Planet. YouTube channel. Can't Watch. Wait. We are going to come back at the end of the weekend because uh, we got a preview of our first game. It's Man, been it's a coming. long time coming. Preview of our first game. Uh-huh. Go on uh, on iCloud. Give us five stars. Leave a review. We got a lot of other deep basketball podcasts to compete with, but you know who's got your back. We've been there since day one with you. Go Duke. Go Duke. Thank you for tuning in to the Five Point Play Podcast, the number one Duke fans podcast. Check us out at Instagram at Five Point Play Podcast. That's the number Five Point Play Podcast. And on Twitter, Five Point Play Podcast. Go Duke!